Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you all for tuning in to Step Into Your Sunshine. I am Rachel Kudran, your host, the owner of Etsy Boutique, Kudran's Curiosities, and RC Copywriting. Today, I have an incredible guest with me, and I would love for her to introduce herself. Hi, I am Tracy and I run Truly Listening, which is all about positive psychology and coaching psychology and just bringing the most amazing positive parts of you right to the forefront of who you are. I'm also a mum of two very neurodiverse teenage boys, which are my absolute life. Ooh, I'm looking so forward to learning more about positive psychology, because just recently when I was reading your post, I came across that terminology, and I know so many of our listeners will be interested in learning what is all of that about. Yeah, no, positive psychology is, it's the focus on the best parts of being human. So it's research into things like our strengths or self-compassion and, you know, those parts that while we know we have them, we kind of end up railroading them with things like all the bad news and, you know, things you don't want to think about, really. Um, toxic positivity is one of those phrases that comes up a lot to my career. And that is just not what it's about. It's not ignoring the bad things in life. It's just switching that focus for a little bit onto, you know, the better things, the things that you are already amazing at doing and bringing them into the forefront and kicking that bias out the door. <laughs> I think that's fabulous. We all need a little more positivity in our lives. Definitely. I think the focus should definitely be on gratitude and positivity for being alive. Yes. Oh, I 100% agree. <laughs> so Tracy, I would like to know more about you and your journey. So what were some of the defining moments in your life that shaped who you are? Oh, I have to pick one. This is like... I mean, well, no, you can pick so several. <laughs> Shall I pick several? Okay. Um, well, let's start at the beginning, right? I had um, my two boys when I was 17 and 18. So I was a very young teenage mum in a world where it wasn't so common. I think I was probably... I lived in quite a small village and I think I was probably the youngest mum there. So there was a lot of bias and a lot of negativity around being a young mum there just wasn't there's a lot more support now <laughs> there was I live in a city now so it's a lot less rare to see young parents but in those days it was it was massive um so that was huge in my life it was you know I suddenly had these little people who needed me to be an adult um <laughs> some people would say I'm still not an adult so you know this is why I work with children a lot um, but that was definitely a huge one for me. And the second one that I would kind of pick on today would be that I left an abusive relationship uh, probably about 10 years ago now. It was quite a while ago. And that was, you know, you have to build yourself back up again. You lose yourself to abuse and you lose yourself into who you become when you're hidden underneath all that yeah all of that what can you say about it when it's it's mental abuse and physical abuse and you're trapped and trying to discover yourself when you come out of that and that's what kind of fueled my psychology love it was this rediscovering who I was and then I ended up sectioning into having a you know discovering that I was neurodiverse and my family were psychology has been my backup for years it's been my way of kind of discovering the world 
and being able to really help myself when I felt really stuck. And that's why I do what I do. I try to help others who are feeling as stuck as I was at those points in my life. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I know that in the audience that tunes in and in the entrepreneurial world, there's actually many, many people that are neurodiverse and young mothers. And I wonder, does that play a role in us becoming entrepreneurs or does the being or does being a young mother give us the drive and the skill sets to push harder to be more successful because so many others think that you or others are not capable like they think okay your life is over you've had a child at 17 and then another at 18 and she is not going to amount to much do you feel like that mentality that you're constantly bombarded with has given you the strength and the desire and the motivation to say no I'm going to do different. I'm going to be different. I am going to be successful. I'm going to push myself as hard as necessary to become the person I want to be. Oh, definitely. It's, <laughs> I think a lot of when I was studying and I was I was studying at home, I'd done all my studies at home and distance learning because I'm a carer for my son. And a lot of it to me was like, do you know what? You can be a carer and you can still come and take all these qualifications you can still do this you can still run your business there's you're not going to tell me I can't <laughs> you know there was definitely that rebellious nature in there of you're not telling me that I can't do this because I'm just going to show you otherwise there's no way you can stop me because I'm going to prove it to myself you know not necessarily to people but to myself that I can do that and that I can do it well and that I can be who I want to be without those barriers. You might want to put them in, but that's not going to get in my way because I'm not putting them there. And it's, um, yeah, I agree. That massive mindset of people trying to box you in when you're a young mom and kind of say, that's it. Your life's over. You've had kids. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> you know, you can't, you've not gone to college. You've not gone to uni. You can't do it. It's that if anything, just sets the rebellion off in me. It's like, no, yeah, right. No, I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's it. You've, you've set me off. It set a fire in you. Oh, and yeah. said, you know, and now that everybody thinks that I can't, I'm going to rise higher and faster and stronger than you ever thought possible. Definitely. It's, it's like, even, even today, I get a lot of, I've had people say, you're not old enough to do that. You don't look old enough to do that. Oh, are you kidding I've, I've been in I've been in groups of people and I've said you know I coach parents to feel better about their parenting you know I, I empower parents to feel amazing about what they do already instead of putting them down and telling them a different way it's encouraging to do their way and people are like but you don't look old enough I wouldn't want you to coach me how how are you old enough to give me advice on parenting I'm like <laughs> it's, it's just that really we're gonna go there and that's um, when they bring out the big words and might confuse them a little bit just for the fun of it 
<laughs> oh my goodness. It's, this is actually something that I can highly relate to is throughout my life, I've always looked younger than I am. And I was that person that when I was 19, I was sitting in the exit row on a plane and carded ID'd to see if I was old enough to sit in the exit row. And I can completely relate to what that's like, where people are just like, oh, you're not old enough. You're not experienced enough. And we're just not going to listen to anything that you have to say without even actually figuring out what do you have to say? What are your qualifications? Why did you go into this field? What do you have to say? How, what kind of children do you have? How old are your children? All of those things. And I, that just hits me right in the heart because I know exactly what that's like. And that's so frustrating. Yeah. I, I go out with my 18 year old and I get ID'd. And I'm like, are you kidding? You're 40, are you joking? <laughs> he thinks it's hilarious. He's like having fits of giggles next to me. I'm like, that's just not funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And I'm sure that all of our listeners, at least there's a few in there that know what we're talking about when we're constantly ID'd or belittled or told that we're not qualified just simply because of the way that we look yeah I, I have to wonder if they do that to a man it's, it's like why is it because I'm female is it because I look slightly younger or my hair longer or what is it that makes you think that I don't have the the qualifications and the gumption to stand here and have these conversations with you it's yeah it's, it's shocking that it still happens but it, it's everyday life and you know it, it, I get it on lives when I go on to Instagram and everything it's it's just you get a load of things that you you do wonder if you're a male would you get that <laughs> I just don't know maybe they do maybe you know maybe they can comment maybe maybe they do get that as much and it's just not a known about topic Oh, I would love to hear the perspective of a male because for me, I wonder the same thing. If I was male, would I get the same reaction? Yeah. And even going down that rabbit hole is <laughs> I can see that both of us, I can see you on video and she can see me is that neither of us really have makeup on. And I don't know if that's your regular go-to, but it is for me. I do love a lip gloss and sometimes at weddings I wear makeup, but generally every day is, this is my face. It's just bare. I, I'm not a makeup wearer. I, I just never have been. And I remember when I was teaching in the U.S., I taught um, elementary school about between eight and 10, year, 10 years old. And... I had a co-teacher that I adored. We were just, she was four decades older than me, but we were peas in a pot. I loved her to death. And we were getting ready for parent-teacher conferences. And I thought, I asked her, I was like, should I wear makeup to parent-teacher conferences? And she goes, well, why would you do that? You don't do it any other day. And I said, well, because I look so young, I want them to take me seriously and she goes but you're their teacher you're you wouldn't be in this position if you weren't qualified or educated enough to do so and yeah. she empowered me to realize you know all the power and the capacity I had in that moment and so I merged right into those 
parent-teacher conferences, not a trace of makeup on. I needed her to really tell me that this was okay. And yeah. when we're talking about that topic of looking young or wearing makeup or not wearing makeup or how we dress or things like that and in relation to men, is I really, really wonder, does any men ever think, do I look professional enough or is my hair fixed in the right way so that I would be viewed as being the authoritative figure in this meeting? Yeah, it's it is amazing. I, I spend a lot of time. My my pet love is social psychology and the psychology of how we work in groups and you know how how we have got those different social boundaries. I I can pick them apart for England. It's it is definitely so interesting to see. And no, I don't wear makeup ever. I don't even think I own makeup, to be honest with you. I, I wouldn't know where to find makeup in my house. <laughs> but it was a definite decision. I did when I was younger, though. I used to wear it because I would have felt that no one would have took me seriously without it. Like you said, I, I felt younger than I was already and, and looked younger and behaved younger. <laughs> <laughs> you know immaturity is fun yeah it's just life and um yeah it it's definitely something I wouldn't wear but you do get those situations you know you go for a job interview oh do I put makeup on why what about it is it, are you wearing it for if it empowers you then that's brilliant if that's what it really does for you and that's amazing use it to empower yourself use it to feel that strength that you've got if that's what you really need to bring that out Personally, I kind of like bringing that out without it. <laughs> but makeup can be a barrier and it can be a strength. It depends on what you feel and how you use it, I think. You know, sometimes people need that bit of lipstick to feel like they can really put themselves out there. And I'd never take that away from anyone because a personal choice is what it is. But personally, it's not for me. I'd rather just show up as I am and see what happens for me I'm very much in alignment with you and I always felt growing up that makeup was sort of a mask it was something that I had to wear it was something that I would only feel at my worthiest if I had my makeup on and that was taught through me through um, my upbringing and through society that if I wasn't looking the best, I wasn't able to put my best foot forward. And so throughout my life, it always felt like a mask of I'm hiding behind this because I don't feel confident enough to show my true self. And just like you said, I don't want anybody who's listening to, in to think that if you wear makeup and you love it, that it's a bad thing because it is absolutely not. And just like Tracy highlighted, if it makes you feel empowered and you are living your absolute best life when you have your makeup on and you just feel on top of the world and that you can take down any barrier or any challenge that comes your way, then power to you, you should wear your makeup. I'm all for it. But for all of those women who feel like they have to wear it and to put their best self forward or that they're not going to be taken seriously or that they look 10 years older without it or that they can't function or feel like they're worthy without it, then me and Tracy are here for you and listen to our stories. And we feel the best we've ever felt with a perfectly bare skin. Yeah. 
and like you I have those stories that just are those moments when I didn't want to wear it I think my favorite one is when I was in labor with my first child I, I still lived with my mum at that point and I was in labor panicking you know <laughs> I wasn't really calm when I was going into labor and she had to put her makeup on first and I had like the fastest labor with my children. My second was only one hour from start to finish. It wow. was like, yeah, it was quite scary, really. <laughs> um, and having her put her makeup on, we nearly didn't make it to the hospital because she had to put her makeup on to walk out of the house. And that is just, I never wanted to be trapped by my makeup. I never wanted to be trapped feeling I had to look a certain way to walk out of the house to go to the hospital you know it just for me that was a really big light bulb moment of not wanting to be stuck behind the social expectations of what I would look like you know I think everyone goes through it I, I used to straighten my hair and have it all kind of you know perfect and and you just get into ruts with it and I think you get into ruts like that with a lot of things in life and that's psychology is so powerful of getting into these habits and these ruts. And if you need to get out of them, it's not always comfortable. Sometimes it can feel really uncomfortable when you first start, but it is so amazing when you get to the other side. And that's, yeah, I can just remember that story. And I just, I wanted to share that with you because it just literally come to my mind. And I was like, that's what, I'm not against makeup. I'm against that trapped feeling that can like you with the masks it can just put you in that situation where you have to do something I think I'm against that feeling more than I make up <laughs> that have yeah. to be that way the have to be like yeah. living into living into the societal expectations that everybody expects of you of how to show up how to be or how to look or how to dress all of those things and women are incredibly bombarded by it every single day through media magazines tv social media it, it's just constantly like a cloud above us telling us that we're not good enough or we're not skinny enough or we're not pretty enough or we don't have enough curves or we have too many or all of the things and I 100% agree with you yeah it's it is an interesting world I think it is getting slowly it's getting better but it's not at the same time there's so much of it now that it's an overwhelm but there are also so many different different <laughs> people expressing themselves you get so such a wide variety of opportunity now to see people and see the amazingness of the human race and how awesome it is to express yourself in different ways and be who you are and really feed that individuality and that is more there now as well as yes we've still got the stereotypes but not as limited as it was because I think I'm, I am old enough that I remember when social media first came out me too, <laughs> you know, me I, too. <laughs> I didn't have social media when I was young and I've seen my boys grow up with it and that can be really scary um and it can but it's also so empowering for them to be able to find people that they identify with and be able to really 
be confident that there are other people out there who they can identify with and not feel so alone. Because I think as a teenage mum, that was my biggest bugbear. It was, I was alone. I wasn't, there was no other teenage mums that I knew. And I think in today's world, that wouldn't happen. That, <laughs> you know, it's just, there is so much chance to communicate and stretch out if if you know where to go and if you want to, and obviously staying safe, because that's the most important thing. And I'm a mum and I have to say, you have to stay safe because, you know, I can't not say it. <laughs> absolutely for me I think social media is the most terrifying and empowering asset that exists right now in our society because it's we have more mental health and especially in teenagers than we've ever had in the history of the world right now today and many of them are influenced by what they're seeing on social media. Um, you know, the perfect body, um, whether that be male or female, how to interact with people, what to wear, um, who they should be, who they shouldn't be, what type of things they should follow. And that is a very terrifying place because they have it at their fingertips. It's so accessible that it ever was when you and I were growing up. Mm -hmm. And that they're constantly bombarded by it. And even if they don't have a phone then their friend has a phone or they know somebody two years older that has a phone and they're just, you know, they're looking through all of the things and they're not quite old enough to be able to differentiate between is this really real life or is this some made up fantasy that's just being portrayed online? And that is very, very terrifying. Yeah. Yet, I also feel that Social media is an incredible, empowering place where for me, I hang out mostly online with other entrepreneurs and I see women without makeup. I see women that are kicking ass. I, I see women that are being incredible mothers while also growing their business. I see women that are speaking their truth authentically and using their voice, showing their authentic bodies in swimsuits in the summer. They don't look perfect and that is perfectly okay and should be celebrated. And for me, that's incredibly empowering. It's like, wow, somebody exists just like me. And, or they're going through the same journeys. Like, especially when I'm talking and with other women that have children, young children, and they're trying to grow their business. And yes, their kids hide under their desk too. And, or they've had to breastfeed while on a networking call or some kind of, you know, real life example of what I'm going through or have been through with my daughter. And that is incredibly power empowering. And what we're doing right now, sharing our voices and sharing our experiences in a very authentic way is going to empower the people that tune in to and listen. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I see the good and the bad, if you want to label them that. I see the empowering. I see the I see the hidden dangers as well. And, you know, it is it is one of those worlds that some sometimes I see I speak to parents and they're like oh what do I do do I try and cut them off or I'm like you can't <laughs> I'm really sorry but you just can't it's everywhere <laughs> and I've known my children are older so you know they're 18 19 so 
they weren't on phones at four because it still wasn't, they didn't really start until about 11. And that was just what that their generation was like. I know that nowadays it's not quite like that. And <laughs> I think that it's getting younger every time I look at it. And the thing is, they use technology in such a different way to how I use it. They use it, I can't even explain. It's like it's part of them. <laughs> they just literally, it's just so fluid when they use it. Watching my son type is frightening. <laughs> Because I could never type on my phone at the speeds his, his thumbs move. And I think physically, in ways he has changed because he's used his computer, I could never move my hands the speeds he does. His fine motor skills are awesome. Because <laughs> he's like lived like this, you know. And it's, for them, it's their life. And I think if you cut that off at the moment, especially after the last few years where children have been so isolated they've they've ended up building their lives online and the mental health problems we have with children and believe me I see them every single day I, I see I see I speak to them every single day and they will tell you it's not technology that's the problem and they will tell you it's not social media that's the problem they will often tell you that it's the lack of understanding of their world that is the problem we you know you and me grew up without it we don't understand the way that they use it because it's so different and I think that's this communication barrier is causing massive issues for teenagers at the moment because as parents we're scared they're they're not feeling well and we want to pull them back and we want to take them into our world and make them feel better and we can't, you know, if if your mum had tried that when you were 17, you'd have been like, what? No. <laughs> so why are they going to let you grab them and take them back? You know, it just doesn't happen. They've got to build their own lives. And at the minute, their lives are online. And if people take away that life online, then they've got nothing. And they don't know how to build it offline at the moment. And we can't show them. They need to step into that themselves. And I think slowly they will come round to that and they will build it themselves. Because I've unschooled my children. My, my, my youngest was unschooled. The idea is that you encourage them to explore the world themselves and then they pick what they learn. And one of the biggest things I found from it was that if you try and stop them learning something, that's where they're going to go. <laughs> if you say no, that's where they're going to be. If you say stop that, guess what they're going to do? <laughs> if you let them do it and explore it, they get bored. They finish. They've explored that. They move on. And I find the same works with technology. My children have overloaded with technology and now they're bored of it. And now they're looking for new experiences and they're leaving that because they've already done it. And I think that's technology is such an integrated part of their life, but they can move on from that if you let them. If you keep telling them no, they're going to just keep going to it. <laughs> and I've spent so many days trying to tell parents that if you keep trying to not let children explore it and hold them so tight, then when you do let them, they get the addictions and they get the they get the rebellion 
like what we were saying at the front, they get that rebellion and that fire, but they don't get it for life. They get it for technology because you've held on too tight. Does that make sense? I think that's a really interesting perspective. And that will get a lot of our listeners to really think about their parenting, their views on technology, how are they using technology, and also the very much true differences between how teenagers and are using technology right now versus how people are in even in their 30s and you're talking in their 50s it's like there's major differences between 50 year olds and 30 year olds there's major difference between 30 year olds and 18 year olds and I think that really makes me think about my perspectives on it as well because like I told you I think it can be a very terrifying and a very empowering place and I I do view that it's my responsibility to teach my daughter about the pitfalls and danger of social media but also the the uplifting empowering uh, social aspect of technology and how that you can find your group or your people or the people that you align with um, within technology. And I think that's a really interesting topic for our listeners and all of you that are listening in. I would love to hear your feedback about what do you think about this topic? And technology is such an important topic right now in our society and it, it's a, it's like a hotbed of everybody has all these different opinions and all everybody thinks like oh it has to be this way or it has to be that way and mm. yet constantly it's evolving I remember as a teacher when I was getting my master's degree one of the things that really stuck with me was the idea that you're teaching students for jobs that don't exist right now you're teaching kids concepts for jobs that haven't even been created yet and that is the pace of our society it's moving at such an incredible pace that we have to allow our children to explore expand and understand that the job that they may have when they get older Maybe a job that we've never heard of, maybe a job that never existed in our lifetimes, maybe a job that didn't exist until they created it, or it didn't exist until uh, two years before they became said thing. And yeah. so I think that's a really, really interesting perspective. <laughs> no, it's 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 all based in just you know, I, I have a lot of friends and people I know who are, who find it hard to be with technology. They're like, I get addicted to it. I, I end up not being able to put my phone down. And, but I don't tend to see that as much with younger people because they've grown up with it. I find that people tend to be normally 30, 40, 50, struggle the most to put the phone down or turn it off or come offline because it's such a novelty to us and it, it's something that we've not integrated you know if you think of how we watch television if you ask my nan how she watched television it's very different to how I watch television and how my children watch television is different again and like you said it's just that generational thing my nan I, I think still thinks television is evil and the telephone is only to be used in emergencies if you're dialing 999. She's like so anti-telephone, it's 
amazing. You can't call her. And I think I spent about 10 years trying to get to text. <laughs> she just didn't <laughs> want to know. And I think generational communication is such a key thing that we tend to ignore. We don't forget it. We just ignore it. <laughs> yeah. And I think... Well, a topic that keeps coming to my mind, and it, it, it is a little bit of a skew to the right about what you're saying, but it, it does play a role in it, is I think of elections and presidents or prime ministers or those kinds of things is, for me, growing up in the U.S., as aside from Barack Obama, I have only seen people over the age of 60 plus that are white, that are men, and um, run the country that I'm from and the people that keep coming forward or make it to let's say prime time um election candidates in the U.S. for me I feel so out of a, a like I don't I feel so out of alignment with them and it could be all of them it doesn't even reg- matter the party it's just like I-, I feel like you don't understand me I feel like you haven't gone through my experiences <laughs> I feel like you can't relate to my life and so everything that you're saying about the teenagers and about your teenagers and about how they feel like they aren't understood I feel that same way when I look at the leaders of our countries is that they don't understand anything that my about my life or anything that I've gone through and that that creates a massive disconnect between what I want the leader of my nation to be like versus what they're actually like and then I feel I just it's almost the the river just grows bigger and bigger and bigger and then I feel like we're just on totally different planets yeah no I I agree I think I remember seeing New Zealand's prime minister prime minister might be a prime minister (laughs) Um, and she was a mom and empowered she was run this amazing through COVID she was you know amazing and from what I can see on the news obviously such a limited view you don't get to know the ins and outs you get what you're thrown in the news but it was so beautiful to see a woman and a mom in a power situation who and it it started to move that disconnect from politics I personally I've always felt the same I have that disconnect from politics because they just don't you look at who you're voting for and not one of them connects with the realism of every day and they don't seem to connect with who who I'd want to run the country really <laughs> you know who would you want to run the country someone who actually has lived on the poorer ends of the spectrum has tried to get children with neurodiversity support in schools you know tried to fight the system it's actually looked at what people are doing every day and instead of living in a world where they don't have to struggle they don't have to fight and if they do it's all political it's not is there going to be food on the table tonight or can I afford the nappies next week? There isn't that in politics. And I think that is a huge disconnect for a lot of people, especially right now. I think that disconnect of the reality of living every day and the cost of living and, you know, that kind of area is really, I think I was watching, I don't watch the news very often. You can probably tell. I try not to watch it because I just, 
I don't want to know half the time. <laughs> and I also just don't think our, our bodies and our brains are designed for that much negativity in one shot every day. And But I remember seeing a flash of, what was it? Of them not being able to help people pay their mortgages, even though the percentages were the highest ever. But yet in six months time, when we've got a rush of homelessness and people are stuck on the street, there'll be complaints that people have, have not, you know, they're, they're, the homelessness numbers have increased. We haven't got enough houses. We have. They're in them. They just can't afford them. <laughs> and therefore, we've got loads of empty houses people can't afford. You know, and that disconnect is real and it's painful. And it, it happens, like you said, it happens in families. It happens in in university. It happens at workplaces. It's everywhere. And it's so hard to breach those boundaries and empowered in those boundaries as well. You know, people sit there and it's like climate change. I had climate change coaching and I've had that. And I've had people who are so scared of the world around them falling apart and not knowing what they can do. And they're like, if I do everything, it's still not enough. And they feel so disempowered that they can do everything they can think of and it's still not enough. In their eyes, it's not enough. But it is because you're out there and you're that voice and you're fixing that bridge and that disconnect. So even having this conversation with you, discussing that disconnect and really looking at why we feel that way, why you feel disempowered, that is powerful. And that's bringing it to a focus. And, you know, I don't know how many people listen to this, but those people as well know that other people are feeling disconnected and they're not alone. And that is the most powerful thing is knowing that we're not alone in our thoughts and feelings. And yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's just a disconnected world in a lot of ways. And it feels bigger than us, but it's not because we've still got voices and we can shout and we can be really loud or really quiet. <laughs> so much of this. And I think that that's really important what you just said. And for me, it is an essential reason I started this podcast was to bring community to the society at large is that people can tune in and listen to these topics that maybe you've never considered, maybe you've never talked about, maybe they've always been on your heart, but you feel like nobody else understands, or incredibly traumatic experiences that you've gone through, and people feel like I don't have anybody that I know that has ever experienced such thing. And when they tune in and they listen, it forms a community and it allows people to know that they're not alone. And just like you said, it is incredibly empowering to not to know that you're not alone and that people are scared too. People feel disconnected in different generations for different reasons and just bringing that topic to the forefront and saying this is why I feel this way then my hope is that it will transpire to the living rooms of our listeners and think do you feel disconnected do you feel like the reason that we're not communicating well is because we are disconnected we're not seeing the same things as important. We're not living the same types of life. I'm trying to cage you into somebody that you're not. 
or you're trying to put expectations on me that don't align with my values. I think that is so, so important. Tracy, I have one more question for you before we run. And that is, what advice would you give to someone who is trying to find their path in life? Trying to find their path in life. I think my advice would be, don't box yourself in. I think just to say my path in life or my why can be so stressful for people to find this huge path that you must stick to. I say explore. I say go find lots of paths and see what works for you. I say muck it up (laughs) and completely learn from everything. Just take every day as the amazing gift it is and learn from it. And your path in life will go exactly where it's supposed to. And maybe not where you want it to. (laughs) I think that is such freeing advice because people feel that they have to know exactly in what direction they're going. People feel that they've gone to school. So obviously the next step would be going to university and then it's the job and then it's the children and then it's the wives or the husbands and then it's becoming grandparents, you know, all the circle of life type of thing. And when people don't fit in to the societal expectations of moving along that life plan, then they're kind of outcasted or they're pushed to the side. And then those people feel ostracized they feel like they're alone they feel like nobody else understands them and I think the the advice of you know to muck it up to go and explore to go down different paths and see what fits you and you and the idea that you'll end up exactly where you're meant to be is really really transformational advice because it allows people to just be themselves it allows people to take down those barriers and just say okay I'm gonna go wherever my heart leads me yeah my um my 18 year old stands there and he goes I don't know what to do next I don't know where I want to go and I'm like dude I'm 37 I have no clue where I'm going yet (laughs) you got years to figure it out have fun Uh, That's so wonderful. He's so lucky to have you as a mother. Thank you. I thank you so much, Tracy, for coming on to Step Into Your Sunshine. It has been an absolute pleasure and eye-opening experience to have these conversations with you. I would love for you to share with our listeners how they can get in touch with you. Where can we find you on social media? Where can we tune into the world of Tracy? Um, no, thank you for having me. It has been, yeah, it's been really interesting. I don't think I've explored some of those topics before. So thank you for that. Um, if you put truly listening in anywhere, you will tend to find me. <laughs> I live on social media. I'm everywhere from Twitter to TikTok. So yeah, hashtag truly listening and you will find me. Perfect. You heard her truly listening. Get to following her. Get interacting with her content. Listen to her. She has beautiful insights and I know that she'll transform your life. For all of our listeners, we have new episodes every Monday and Thursday at 8 p.m. UTC time. 7 p.m. UK time, and 1 p.m. U.S. Central Standard Time. I can't wait to talk to you all soon.